Welcome to Roll with Advantage. In D&D, when you roll with advantage, you get to roll two dice instead of one. So this week, you get two episodes instead of one. Enjoy! Content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. listeners to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. I'm Decker. <laughs> I tried to, I was trying to keep it calm. Why? <laughs> and we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So here's how this goes. We've got six categories of topics and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. So the categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. So we're going to use an eight-sided die. So if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except it has to be local. So Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. Mm -hmm. And if you roll an eight, then it's a wild. You get to pick whatever the fuck you want. So that's cool. Yeah. You roll all of the wilds, basically. I do. It's funny. I I just (laughs) had this really weird thought. I'm going to go ahead and start with it really fast. Uh, Why do we call these cubes? I don't know. I was not there at the uh, birth right. of that. Now, let me explain why I'm saying that. Because for some reason, my brain was like, this is a cube. And my brain was thinking math as in cubing things. And I'm like, this does not mathematically make sense. Because if you cube one, it's one. If you cube two, it's eight. This is six sides. We call this a cube. Why? One, two, three, four, five, six. You are very aware of my feelings about math. <laughs> This reminds me of geometry and why I hated proofs. Math, Proof not even once. A cube. I can't. It's not using a cube formula. <laughs> <sighs> that was fun. Math is the worst and I hate it. One of my favorite things, I was some post that I saw somewhere that was like, Satanist parents everywhere are furious when they find out that Dungeons and Dragons is not satanic. It's actually just improv and math. I was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. That's what magic is. That's how, that's how science works. Because science is like... Just, science is magic! Science is magic. The fact, like, like let, let, let's, let's talk about that, too. Like, I am talking into an object. And that object is going through multiple other objects and into your ears. Magic. Sounding as if I'm talking to you. That it, it is magic. It's just it's, magic. It's modern witchcraft. With formulas. Which is like... A wizard in D&D. Also gone. Witchcraft is bomb. I'm all about it. <laughs> uh, we, were, we were doing something. We were doing a podcast. That's we what we were doing. We fin- you finished I, the, uh, the I dice did. and what they meant, and then I talked about cubes and how that's not a cube. You did. I now will argue this. I'm going to get my Nobel Peace Prize and arguing why cubes are not cubes. That feels like that's not inciting that's weird. peace. I threw that, and it stood straight up. And it's looking right at you. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> This bodes well. Well, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, well, you see, um, I you did got, tell me to bring a drink, so I brought a drink. I did tell you to bring a drink, and it's funny because it's gonna be about a subject that we actually were just talking about downstairs and up here. Oh no. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's along those lines, and this is again gonna be like one of those discussion ones because I just I really like having I realize just how much I love conversations as much as I love giving info. So I'm trying a little something new. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but I got current events. And I'm not going to lie, there wasn't a lot of current events that were 
like happy or exciting. I mean, like there was Stadia, which is, do you know anything about Stadia? Nope. Stadia is Google's like online gaming platform. Oh, I have not heard of this. It's so innovative that literally, and maybe I'll talk about this if I ever get a tech rule. You don't even need the hardware I just got from my computer because it uses the internet to connect to the Stadia servers, which house all the hardware that allow you to access the games. You can save your games on there. They're cross-platform. Oh. And there's virtually no lag time on them because you're just using the internet. All you need is the download and upload speed. You don't need the hardware. It's basically trying to kill consoles. Wow. Okay, that's that's cool. <laughs> really freaking cool. That was a cool thing. I have also um, 100% been living under a rock for the last, like, two yeah. and a half months. So is that. And then because of that, uh, Xbox or uh, Microsoft and Sony are teaming up to have online, like, to have cross-platform online gaming. That because, was... because Stadia literally is going to have, like, thousands of games mm-hmm. for free. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. No, no, no. I mean, like, for free, like, in terms of, like, the initial kind of thing. Because you can buy games, but using the service is free. Getting the games costs, but mm-hmm. using Stadia is free. It's just like having hardware. But if you want to see it in uh, high definition or in 4K and have 60 frames per second, like, basically have, like, really good quality, mm-hmm. it's 10 bucks a month. Hmm. Okay. So it's like, basically, you pay for the quality of how your game looks... And then and with that subscription, you also have access to games and stuff like that. So we'll see how much that, how long that lasts. And like that's my thing too is like, is this going to be a thing where they try to outlast consoles and then they kind of hike up their prices where they basically kill mm-hmm. off consoles and now it's like they have the domain so they can hand control it. Man, I I don't know if you could kill off consoles altogether. No, because you're still going to need hardware to access it. But in a sense, like if. But I mean, like home consoles. I think right. I feel like you would have to kill off our generation. Because the people, Careful now. We could do that. I mean, <laughs> the people that grew up with them... Hashtag measles. Are, hashtag vaccinate your kids. It's hashtag happening. feminism. Oh, that's a thing. <laughs> there have been two confirmed cases of measles in Idaho. I know. As of recording this, and I'm fucking pissed. Can but we, what else is new? I'm I just bad. would like to just, like, you know, exile everyone within, like, a five-mile radius of me. Well, it's, this is up in Lytaw County, so... Okay, how about we just give that county to, like, Texas... Or like um, that's where I went to school, so no. I so was <laughs> I was reading the article and it was like, oh yeah, the person is uh, was in in Gritman Medical Center, and I was like, oh yes, yeah, so that is the hospital directly in Moscow where I went to school. Okay, yes, Ooh. I know where this is. Great. Well, yeah. No, there's a lot of interesting things though. There's Trump being over in Britain and them not liking him as per usual. Have you seen the the thing where the penis? No. Uh, the crown? as Trump as Trump was flying in, uh, some people mode a penis like that was aimed at trump like, oh my God. Um, like trump's name that is hilarious um <laughs> which is kind of funny no i and i don't know if there's any truth to this because i did 0.00 fact checking of this but when the queen met with trump she wore thank you for the decimals by the way oh you're welcome okay um i wanted to be exact good <laughs> with how little fact checking i did of this um she wore this particular tiara that was gifted to her by like the some leader of Burma. The Duchess. No. Okay. Um, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Burma. Um, and it had particular rubies that uh, it said were believed to ward off illness and uh, evil. Ah, oh, the power of crystals. And so that was the tiara that she wore when she met with him. And so the, the post was like, That's I'm so counting that. this as shade. And I was like, abs fucking lutely Well, sick. That was my word. For the last show that we did. Shade? Shade. I must fall, and I was like, what the fuck? 
Which way? I got a jump rope. Don't give me one that says fall. I mean, it reminds me of Romeo and Juliet where it talks about that. There's like that joke about Juliet falling and like she falls forward and like her uncle says, you should learn how to fall backwards. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Hoo! uh, but um, so there was all that. Um, also, fun fact, this is going to come out well after the episode. John Oliver had a bit mentioning how apparently how women don't have equal rights. Shocking! No, no, I mean, like, there's actually not legislation protecting your guys' rights that only give you the right to vote. This is correct. I'm not saying this to make people be assholes and not be nice to women, but, um, like, there's the Equal Rights Amendment, the ERA, that they were trying to help, like, get pushed, and they need 38 states to ratify it. We're at 37. Fuck Since sake. it was introduced in, like, the 60s, I believe. <sighs> So it's like, who's going to be that state? We know it's not going to be Alabama, because fuck them. Uh, it's probably not Georgia. Not the people of Alabama. Legislature of Alabama. Which are part of the people of Alabama. Right, but... But also, if uh, you're in Alabama and you need to get out, do it. Yeah. Do or you can you, be in Florida. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, or there's Florida, and like, we don't really want... We don't want to say nice things about Florida. That's what John Oliver said. He's like, don't let Florida be the one to do it. They're always <laughs> ones fucking things up. I captioned a law class where the teacher, whenever they... I don't... I don't think it was con law. It was probably criminal law or some weird business law class or something. But anytime she would bring up a new case, she'd be like, oh, yep, this one is real weird. Guess where it happens, guys? It's in Florida. <laughs> Shocking. Um, but I'm going to talk about something that has been very, it, it's still been current, even like since around, I think, I want to say 2017, that's what I'm going to say. Um, do you remember the, the, the Me Too movement mm-hmm. that, that happened? I think the whole, if I recall correctly, didn't that one blow up because of Harvey Weinstein? Wasn't that the original thing that helped yes. really blow that, like, it helped get momentum for that movement, and then there was a whole yes. bunch of, like, and then a whole bunch of people fell. Mm-hmm. As they should have, if they're pieces of garbage. Um, but not enough people fell. Right. Not enough. Um, but that's actually one of the things we're going to talk about today, because there was news uh, about, um, oh gosh, what is her name? Can we get it up here? No. Uh, Polly Perrette. From NCIS. She played Abby. Oh, okay. Yeah. She left back in 2018. Um, just saying that, like, it was her time to leave and stuff like that. I actually found, like, the original article that talked about it. Like, that she just was, like, ready to leave. It had nothing to do with, like, her wearing, the, like, a skin line. People thought she was going to do, like, some sort of skincare line or, like, some other stuff. And she's like, no, no, no. It's just my time to leave. She took a year off. And now she's doing her own show now. Um, But... There was news that came out literally over the weekend. I think it was Saturday, where she apparently had people asking for her. Like they like like oh she was back on NCIS and all that stuff, and it blew up to the point where she said that she was never going to go back because of apparently some sort of assault that happened from Mark. Uh, from did I say Mark? Is that his name Mark? Shit, I'm an idiot. I think his name is Mark. Mark Harmon, right? Right. I don't know. Isn't that? Yeah, I was right. My brain, my brain, like, said, who does he play? I said Mark, and then I, my brain thought Matt. He plays Gibbs. He's that Aww. silver fox, right? And he's like the one that I think like everyone typically likes yeah. and stuff. And and again, I want to preface this first, right? They're innocent until proven guilty is the first thing, right? But all matters of this nature should always be taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. 
Because there's always like that weird way where it's like, they should be like fucking on. It's like, well, like we should check that first because the second we just start doing stuff based on just pure outrage, like everyone loses. Everyone loses mm-hmm. in that case because that's just outrage wins. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same point though, you don't want to just be like, well, they're highly respectful and stuff to where you don't do that investigation. Supposedly she brought this up with CBS, uh, which is the network that was hosting NCIS, or currently is. They're on their 17th season. She left during the 15th season. And it was investigated. Um, I don't remember. I It didn't state what the conclusion of that was, but they say that they worked with her. And she said nothing but nice things about this network itself. But um, I guess it had to do with, like, here, here's the thing that's where it's really hazy because it the problem is it's still very vague in terms of what kind of assault we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I saw mentions of there being, like, where there was assault of uh, like towards her, towards her crew members. There was assault because of a dog that Mark brought onto the set that had assaulted one of the crew members. So it was a dog. You know, like in a sense, like it's not like assault. Like I mean, it's still assault, but it's not like what you think of when you hear the term assault. Because mm-hmm. normally, like now when I hear the word assault, I'm thinking sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Like whereas if I hear the word battery or you know, um, like a fight, right? Yeah. You think differently than assault it's weird how the word assault now for me just means sexual like assault. Mm-hmm. but i'm bringing this one up because i i want to i, I want to bring up a discussion based on several points the first thing is um she left this network she brought it up and in a sense if it was addressed it wasn't necessarily dealt, dealt with, with if mark did in fact do these things whether it was his dog attacking crew members and the dog still shows up on set supposedly um, or if Mark did something, which it seems like that was more suggested, then it wasn't. Then he wasn't dealt with. And also, what's ironic about this is a couple weeks before this news broke out, he was going to be going on a vacation to like Europe to become closer, like to spend more time with his family. Which in my head, as soon as I heard that and then I heard this thing come out, it did take me back to Harvey Weinstein's kind uh-huh. of thing. And I was like, well. Like I can, the problem is I'm, I can see parallels. I'm not trying to like say they're the same thing, but I see these weird parallels happening, and I want to know thoughts on one. Wh- how do you feel about instances like this, where someone who has publicity and they have the following to where they say things, right? They can influence an audience to be, pretty much believe whatever it is. Because the first thing is whoever says the thing first typically is more believed until there's more evidence presented. Right? And even then, it could still be more believed. Right? Mm -hmm. Because it was the first thing that was ever heard. So now you have to combat what was first stated. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we've had several instances like this within the major um, like theatrical areas like movies uh, like with Harvey Weinstein and then we had um, apparently the person that played Denozo on that show the one always got slapped up the back side mm-hmm. of the head he uh, had apparently committed some sort of uh, uh, harassment I'm not going to say assault because I don't think it was assault I think it was sexual harassment um, where uh, he had interacted with his co-workers unprofessionally and that one was a videotape and he actually uh, CBS had to settle Mm-hmm. outside of court for, I think, $9.2 million because of that whole thing, right? And so then it's also like, it, do you think that sometimes people 
like we goof around and i'm not gonna lie we definitely do things that might be considered like when we make jokes and stuff it's kind of sexual in certain demeanor uh-huh. but we're just so comfortable with each other to where like i i i know that if i ever do anything that makes you uncomfortable that you'd say something to me and vice versa right because we're the, the biggest thing is we're always respectful so i also wonder if like like two do you think that's the case in these kind of things where like you have you have a cast that maybe gets so close that they don't realize how far past lines they've gotten until someone like realizes that they're not comfortable and then like they think they're just being normal and the other person right there and then which brings me to the third thing is what do you think people should do regardless of what spec like what spectrum they're in like in that uh venue like or just in life in general when they feel that way and they want to address it right because the other thing is like sometimes like like if I'm playing devil's advocate, what if they did not realize what was happening? It was never brought up, and maybe they're not quite a, they're not picking up on the uh, hints in the social section, and so they just bring it up to the higher, and all of a sudden the person's like getting like they're like, where'd this come from? Like I'm totally blindsided by it. So like, do you think there's a proper way to deal with it? And then the last thing is, I'll think of it. <laughs> I'll think of it. I had I had four, but um, let's go ahead and start with the first one, which is like. What do you think about these kinds of incidents when it comes to, and it it seems to be the fact that's typically male, which I'm not surprised by that. Um, what do you think when you hear about previous colleagues calling out those they were with, uh, and and making these accusations? I really wish I could say that I was surprised, but I feel like. At least anymore, I'm not that surprised. Oh. And it's it's not like this is a new thing that has been going on. It's just new that people are finally able to speak out about it. And I think going back to... There was one of your questions talking about, like, oh, what's the proper way to deal with this? Right, that was the third it's one, yeah. super easy to be like, well, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you should obviously just go talk to them. But if you're to the point where you feel like you're unsafe, mm-hmm. is that really the best thing to go do? Right. Like, no. Like, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, with people that are in abusive relationships they tell well why didn't you just leave well your chance of being killed when you're leaving an abuse like specifically leaving an abusive relationship Uh is like double i i don't remember the exact statistics but when you try to leave an abusive relationship your chance of being killed like skyrockets yeah because at that point like already that relationship in a sense isn't rational and Mm -hmm. it's not built on being a team Mm -hmm. so and so sometimes the best thing that you can do is talk to someone higher up or just get out mm. without trying to like, oh, I owe it to them. Because if I mean, if you feel unsafe, then no, you don't owe it to them. Mm. But I think there's, you know, way to deal with it is like talking to the higher ups versus just like, oh, I'm going to go talk to entertainment tonight. Right. Because that's the other thing, too, is like most time... Or I guess when I say most of the time, this is what I've seen because this is all obviously what we're going to see is like we see it in the news, mm-hmm. right? Because we're of course we're not going to hear about it from the businesses. It's inside the business, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't expect to hear from stuff like that. And it's so hard to tell what is being publicized accurately as opposed to what's being colored so that it sells. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that was the other thing. That was the other one I was going to bring up was. Um, and this is not to downplay, like, any victims at all, but do you feel because of social media and this ability to broadcast your thoughts almost instantaneously that certain kinds of things might 
because how they can be sensationalized can have a vast impact as to what the truth is. Because we can still get the truth, but that sensationalization, like, if that were to happen, like, let's say there was someone here and, like, someone maybe had, uh, you know, accidentally, and I think we've had stories like this where someone, like, accidentally bumped by a lady mm-hmm. and stuff, or, like, bumped by a guy and, like, it was considered, like, like you just groped me, and all of a sudden it becomes like this huge spectacle where it's like, I'm sorry, I literally just bumped you, and like all of a sudden it gets blown out of proportion, and then they're like, this person needs to go to jail, and like, oh, he's scum, and like all of a sudden their whole life's ruined, right? Um, and I think... What are your thoughts on just th- that ability and like that power in a sense, because you have that influence when you have these situations, does it make you worried for the future that like when accusations come out that it can just bury people. I feel like that is kind of, I don't want to say like a myth, but it, people seem to think that that happens all the time and that's just Oh, I don't think so whatsoever. And it seems to whenever anyone makes any kind of an accusation or a victim comes forward and is like, hey, this happened to me, happened, like, people automatically jump to, she just wants attention. She's just trying to get him in trouble. Right. And And the thing everyone, I mean, I think that we would always argue is like, who would want to throw themselves in the spotlight? For and that's this? the thing is, if you look at the way that people that come forward after being in situations like this are treated, they are treated so poorly. It is no wonder that most people that have something like this happen to them never come forward. Right. Or like, I think we've had stories where people have committed suicide based on the mm-hmm. backlash they've had. So it's like, oh, yeah. they were a victim. They reached out, and society was and like, they were further no, victimized. Piss off, and they're like, mm-hmm. fine. And it's like the whole thing with that asshole swimmer fuck that doesn't deserve to have a name. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It, it's funny because, like, I know their name, and, like, when I watch Philip DeFranco, he always mm-hmm. prefaces that they were a rapist. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, in the news came out that they tried to get, like, uh, an appeal for um, basically it being... Yeah, he basically tried to have it off his record so he wouldn't show up as a sex offender, even though he yeah. committed a sex crime. yeah. Uh, a and, violent sex crime. Yeah, like I think one of the things, like one of the uh, witness statements said, they had to pull pine needle, needles out of her. One of the guys that broke it up said that it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. Hmm. But if you see how he's being treated versus how the actual victim has been treated, oh, that was the other thing. Why the, would you want to come chances, forward? The second chances. The second chances. Sorry, that was that was the last big thing. Is um, with all of this, when you have, and normally it's with guys because that's where we really hear the bulk of these stories. Um, when you have guys who commit these acts, these atrocious acts, and they actually have done so, there tends to be times where like all the pen- all the penalty is is a monetary penalty, right? And they still get to keep their jobs. Or basically, could you just not do that again? Right. Or they get like several strikes. Like one, I want to bring up here is from Criminal Minds. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you remember this uh, actor, but Thomas Gibson, he got he got kicked off the show after he, because um, he had some anger issues. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's finally dealt with that. I hope he has, personally, because, um, you know, everyone has their own shit. But, like, he had times where he, what was it? He, um, hit, he hit someone, he pushed someone, and then he kicked a writer in the shin for not agreeing with his writing. And that was in... I actually found the episode where, like, they kind of kicked him off, which was funny. Was, like, they literally did not 
give a shit about his character at that point. They literally just like, like, like you're gone. Because like, all was dialogue. Not only did they have like flashbacks, they have like some scenes and, yeah. like dramatization. No, they literally made like a two minute bit where like. Yeah, he stuff happened. Oh, what happened to the now. bad guy? He's like, well, he ran away and he's in hiding and like we'll never find him. And it's like, like fuck off. Like, you know, they just quickly wrote him out of existence. But what do you think? A, depending on the type of like harassment or assault that people do deserve that immediate second chance. Do you think um, that they should be fired or let go or um, C? Do you um do you believe that there's even a chance for redemption for like those people that they could if they deal with their shit come back? Like I Robert Downey Jr. I think is a great example where he dealt with he he had done a stupid shit all throughout his life. Mm-hmm. And like now he's finally at the point where like he's revered and it seems like he has his act together. And people I, love him. I know that people can, you know, turn their life around because that used to be my job. Mm-hmm. But there's also people that won't. Yeah. Uh, don't care. And that just, I think there are some people that just in their core, mm. they don't necessarily have any goodness about Does, them. Yeah, they don't have the desire to do do that. Mm-hmm. So I guess, let's put this in terms of like Mark Hammond, uh, Harmon and uh, Perry, uh, Polly Perrette, right? If Mark Harmon did these things, do they deserve, like, the strike system like how Thomas Gibson did if he did any kind of any kind of assault? Period. Whether it's, like, like if it was his dog, maybe it's, like, different where it's, like, the dog doesn't come to the show or, like, you know, other stuff happens with that. Or if he did something with the cast and crew or he made her feel uncomfortable. Because that was the other thing, too, is, like, it was hinted at that maybe there's, like, some sexual stuff that was possibly attempted as well. Right. Well, like... I guess let's look at it this way. Mm-hmm. If you were doing these things, would you get a strike system or would your job just fire you? My job would just outright fire me. So I don't think you should get any diff- any different treatment just because you're on TV or you're some sort of a celebrity. Yeah. And I mean, she obviously felt so uncomfortable that she had to leave her job. Yeah, that she was with her 15 years. And that's bullshit. For 15 years. I mean, that's when a she, long time. She wasn't the aggressor here. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that... And she didn't even speak up about it. What's interesting is that she didn't speak up about it until like a year later. So some people might be like, uh, she's just faking it. She's trying to get publicity for her new show because she has a new show now. Well, that's another thing too is that people, auto- I don't know why, and maybe it's just because people think this that haven't had to deal with trauma. That's not necessarily something that you can just talk about right away as soon as it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's end with the last thing here is what would you say to, and this is going to be a two-parter, what would you say to people who have been through these situations, right? You're not, you're not a psychologist, you're not any of this, but just as a human being, what would you say to the people who have been through a situation in terms of being like the victim, and what would you say to the people who do these strike systems or that, in a sense, indirectly enable this by not penalizing people who have, and when I say penalize, I mean like actually penalize them because, like, the only thing that's going to hurt that is their career. Right, like, their career, right? That's the only thing that's going to hurt them. Not money, because they're going to keep making money. Mm-hmm. They're going to make thousands, if not millions of dollars. So well, first off, I think they need to knock that off. They, they don't deserve special treatment like that. Mm-hmm. It makes me so mad. Like, 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 let's do this. Like, what if it was, like, someone super revered, like, a, uh, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, who was at the Tony's? 
uh, I'm totally many many Neil people. Neil, Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris, Harris right let's say like people love Neil Patrick Harris right let's just he didn't do the, anything I'm about to say right now but let's just say he did something like that would he get, should he get special treatment for that no he should not no, he should not okay if you do the crime you do the time mm-hmm. like that's the thing and I think there's definitely cases where you need to take in special circumstances like uh, I can't remember her name. Um, but the girl who killed the man who had been trafficking her. Yeah, no, I think, like, is she doing time for yeah. murder? That doesn't seem right. She, she done an outrageous amount of time. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, to uh, anyone who has been a victim of harassment or assault or is currently in a situation where they don't necessarily feel safe, like what what would you say to people like that? I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I have a good answer for that because it is other like, than, of course, get help. I mean, yeah, super situational specific. But if you are in a situation where you do feel like you're unsafe, there are a lot of resources out there to help think, get into. Can we post those resources on this episode as well um, in our description? I'll have to go back through my paperwork and find all of my case management stuff for that. But I think that'd be really. I, I know think that that'd like nice locally, we have like the Women's and Children's Alliance, and they have mm-hmm. special things for women that are trying to leave abusive households, like as an example, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's another thing that makes it really weird is that so many. I mean, and I'm going to say women because I am one of those. I don't have the experience of being, you know, another minority group, but. It's hard to know what to say to someone that's been in that situation because it's so commonplace that a lot of the times we're like, "Which is so sad." Oh yeah, like, like the fact I, that you like that was like even an answer is unfortunate because it's it's like you don't have to try to relate to them; you just can. Mm-hmm. Because most people have been in a situation where they've been harassed, or you know, like groped at a bar or something like that. So it's it's hard to know what to say, especially since you don't know what the situation could have been. Um, but when I was doing case management, I think my my best tactic was to listen, because a lot of the times that's what people need. There, nobody is listening to them about what they've been through. It's Jax. I can't tell if it's coming from under the door or not. Girl, you are the cutest. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just saw that, and it just really caught my eye. That, like, it just reminded me of like how commonplace that was, and I didn't want to just ignore a story like that. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw that, I just knew I wanted to talk about. It. So, um, in terms of the, you were you correct. Know, it would make me upset. <laughs> I, it should make everybody upset. Like everyone, because this is this has always been my logic. If it can happen to one, it can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even matter. Like like for someone like me, right? Even though I'm a white guy, right? I've been in situations like that before, right? I'm no exception. Well, and anyone that like, if I were to tell anyone about the situation who doesn't know me, they might just think, well, it's like, oh, they were just hitting on you. Which is like a weird mm-hmm. other double standard too. It's like, I, why was I not into that? Well, that was I was talking to somebody in the cast where she had posted something about it being like half price milkshakes at Sonic, 
And she had gotten a bunch of really lewd responses back from people being like, oh, I'd like to see your milkshakes and blah, 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 blah. And somebody explained, like, the reference to the, like, milkshake song and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, so I guess I should be flattered. And I had to tell her. Because, I mean, she's she's pretty young. She's only, like, 19. And I was like, no. No. Sexual harassment is not flattery. You deserve much better. And, like, we're at this point where girls are being raised to think that, oh, well, that's... What a nice thing of them to say. Like, no. It's such a weird time to be in. Yeah, I mean... Be like, you should you should feel flattered that someone feels like they should degrade you. Yeah, and, like, one thing I want to leave up to is, like, I mean, if if you're having, like, you know, if you're with your friends, right, read the... First off, you always read the room, even with your with your friends, too. Like, you should be able to tell, like, when someone... You should hopefully know when to tell when someone's uncomfortable. And if you ever feel like you said something that was uncomfortable, like, to someone, and you, like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that, own up to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've had times where, like, I'm, like, I I tell you, like, I'm going to apologize for something, even though I don't think it's a big deal, but I'm, like, thinking about it, like, maybe it could have been, and then I know when we have it, you're, like, no, I didn't think anything of it. I'm, like, <laughs> that's great, but I just want to be extra sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just in general, just respect respect people. Especially since right now, this is going to come out afterwards, but, like, we have Pride Month mm-hmm. right now. And, like, we're going to have the Pride Festival literally, like, this next week. It's not hard. It doesn't matter what orientation you have, like, who you're attracted to, what gender you are. Just decency. Right? And that's something that has been bothering me, too, about like, Pride, I guess, festivities, is that there's, like, this... I don't don't even know how to word this, but, like, this perception of what you have to look like to be queer and to fit into the queer community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm bi, and it's funny, because people normally think I'm gay, which is hilarious, I think, because I'm like... Or European. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember, like, like, too, like, because back when I was, like, uh, before I had figured out, like, what my sexuality Mm -hmm. was and stuff, I'm like, I'm straight. Why do you think I'm gay? Took me a while to figure it out. (laughs) But But I know, and it, it was a big thing, too, after the Pulse shooting... Was people well? Why are you upset about this? You're not. You're not queer enough to be upset by this. Yeah, and and you've now hurt your situation because people who are on your side, you're pushing them away, as if like they're. But it's I don't know. It like pushes some people further into the closet. Yeah. Because it's like oh well I I'm no, clearly not gay enough to fit to, into this spectrum of pride. You like, shouldn't ever have to be. You should never have to. Like you should. Always have the right to choose what you divulge in terms of your own information. If you don't want to tell anyone about your sexuality because you just don't want to tell anyone, it's just not their business, totally fine. But if you're withholding who you are because mm-hmm. of what might happen to you or how people might view you or by the fact they might lose your family, that's not right. Mm-hmm. That is never right. Well, it's like people that are, are bi or pan, you know, there's definitely like... You get the weird, like, glance from people. If you're in, like, a heterosexual-appearing relationship, mm-hmm. you'll get, like, the weird side-eye from people at those events. Like, oh, it's just an ally. Like, I'm so, am I supposed to have a thruple? Like, like, is that, like, the only way I can prove that I'm bi? Like, first off, I don't, and I don't owe shit to you, regardless of what your orientation is. That's the other thing, too, is, like, if anyone ever comes up to you like that, and you have, you know, whatever it is that's different about you that... Uh, I'm not going to say this one makes you special, but in a sense, what makes you different? 
Right? Well, it's what makes you you. Yeah. You don't owe them a fucking answer. So if I want to ask you, like, well, why are you gay? Or it's like, but, like, are you gay? But you don't need to answer that. It's just so strange that it came from this point of being like, oh, that's such a terrible thing to, like, oh, you're not gay enough. I never thought I would have ever heard that. Mm-hmm. In, in our lifetime. Because right now it's the thing of, like, do we accept people who are homosexual, heterosexual, I mean, heterosexual will always be accepted, uh, in a way, until unless we hit this weird dimension where we're like, where they're called breeders or some shit. Oh like God! I think I saw it on like some sort of weird skit. Um, but I saw you watch or read *Handmaid's Tale*. It's such a, it's a good book, but it's real scary right now. Um, but that stuff's always funny. Like the fact that we've reached an age where, and I'm not meaning this in a demeaning way, but minority groups can be like, you're not minority enough in a sense well it's the same thing that's going on in like so crazy in the 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 pride community with people you know not being trans inclusive like isn't the goal to be accepting like that's your whole thing you've been fighting for uh-huh, is now, acceptance for everyone is it acceptance like, until like it's enough for you right because here's the mm-hmm. thing like it's like i just want to throw some things out there like you can be, you can be, uh, like, homosexual and still be a piece of garbage if you're a racist, mm-hmm. right? You can be, you know, whatever it is that you want, but the second that you think less of another human being... You can fit into being, another group and still be a piece of trash. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, is that kind of um, discrimination hides among everyone including ourselves and it's mm-hmm. us it's up to us to, and our friends to keep us in a check right i don't expect to keep myself in check that's why i have good friends around me because i know i'm gonna fuck up somewhere <laughs> like i've just accepted that fact if i thought i could do it all by my own i wouldn't have friends and that would be boring um it's like that and that perception i, I saw a couple of really good comics about this lately that i was just like uh-huh but it's um I was talking about this with another one of our friends, too, where it's like, if you're in a heterosexual appearing relationship, it's like, oh, you finally picked a side. Or like... Picked a side? Mm-hmm. I can, can I not still enjoy both? I mean... Apparently when, not. When I make a commitment, Guess what? I'm still making a commitment. If you get married to a woman, straight for life. <laughs> Dude, That's what it's like, I now pronounce you heterosexual. I swear to God like, if I don't have a strap on. <laughs> in addition to? I... Are you going like, to wear it around the back? I like my options, damn it. Are you going to wear it around the back? Like, good luck with finding it, pants. It's protecting me. From, like, backing into a wall? Right. For, uh, what was it? Falling on a light bulb? Oh my god. <laughs> good old butt plugs, right? You have not seen Sex and Death 101, have you? I need to now. Oh my god, that is, that is one of my favorite Winona Ryder movies. And, um... Simon, I can't remember what his last name is, but he's on The Mentalist. Okay. Um, but he, at Patton Oswalt is in it as well. Um, he gets, he accidentally gets this list of all the women that he will sleep with before he dies. Hmm. And so he's like, oh, I have this whole list. Well, then he finds, and this isn't spoilers or anything, but he finds out, like, there's also this, like, She's not necessarily a serial killer. She's like a, a serial unconsciouser where she's going around to men that are real douchebags and she seduces them 
and drugs them into a coma. So she's like a black widow. Kind of, but she hasn't, she's not killing anyone. So she's like a mix between, uh, what is it, um, an angel of death and a black widow. Was like, but also kind what? of like a vigilante. But so then, eventually her name comes out, and he's like looking down his list, because he's been working through these women, because he's all so excited about it, and blah blah blah. Well, the very last name on the list is this woman. So that's what the movie is about, is him like working through this list, and then finding out that this, like, not killer killer lady is the very last name on his list. And so it's For what, that he wants to sleep with? That's on the list of women that he will sleep with. Oh, that he will sleep. Uh huh. Cause and he tries to not sleep with some of them, and it happens no matter what. It's such a good movie. We're gonna have to but watch it. But if you preemptively put yourself into a coma, you can say fuck off that. Well, place. he has this like little like dream moment where he's like, "I could end this all right now," and he like steps up to like a chopping block and just like chops his dick off. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up from his daydream and he's like, "I can't do that. I can't do it." <laughs> just because no one dicks doesn't mean you can't sleep with them. Well, I mean, he probably would have bled to death. But, okay. yeah, I mean, because he was just too. in a kitchen. I mean, there's a lot of there's yes. a lot of vessels there. Yes, it'd be like cutting your, you know, femoral artery. Yeah, like you're going down. It's such a good movie, though. You need to see it. <laughs> I have it. We're gonna watch it. Not tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. No, <laughs> we'll be up until like two thirty. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Katie, I know my bit was super long, <sighs> but... and now I'm all angry and worked up. <laughs> good. Good. Uh, what the fuck are you gonna talk about? Well, I had entertainment, and it just so happened that this weekend, so uh, we are recording this on a Monday, because of this event, yesterday oh. was the Tony Awards, whoop, whoop. which was super exciting, because Go Tony. We, are, we are theater people, so we, we enjoy what? things like, and it's, the Tonys is far superior to like the Oscars or the Emmys or any other award show in the world, because there are musical performances. And that is the only reason why you watch the Tonys, really. Um, I had a super good time. Because we had, like, games and bingo and stuff bingo. that was super fun. Um, uh, yeah, I tied for last. <laughs> on both, both things, didn't you? Both things. We had, like, a predictions, which, since we live in Idaho, nowhere near Broadway, we had not seen the shows that were up for things, listened to many of them. But so we were just like wildly guessing at who would win things and we had no idea who some of the actors were and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, it was a good time. A lot of the, like the musical performances were all very enjoyable. So I'm going to tell you a little about the Tonys and then just a little bit about who won this year. Uh, so the Tonys, it refers to the Antoinette Perry Award for Excellence in Broadway Theater. And that is presented by the American Theater Wing. So in a lot of this... Antoinette's nickname was Tony. I would assume so. Okay. Um, and it's presented by the American Theater Wing. So in a lot of the like speeches, people were like, oh, I want to thank the American Theater Wing and blah, blah, blah. And because that's who was giving them the award, basically. Um, it's also presented by the Broadway League. And this happens in Manhattan. Many, many miles away from where we are. Many miles. <laughs> and it's, so it's given to Broadway productions and performances. Um, there's also an award for like regional theater. I did not. Yeah, I saw that one. Oh, just kidding. I did write down who that was. I guess I'll tell you about that later. Um, and there's also just kind of, I want to say random, but not random, just like discretionary non-competitive awards that are given, like the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Right. Uh, the Special Tony Award, the Tony Honors. Special Excellence Awards versus, theater. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Isabel Swanson, or no, Isabel Stevenson Award. Um, doo -doo -doo. Okay, so for best musical, uh, we have Hades Town, and that tells a version of the ancient Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, uh, where Orpheus journeys, journeys, yep, journeys Orpheus journeys. to the underworld to rescue his fiancée Eurydice. And it also, so it covers, it goes like between the love story of Orpheus and Eurydice, but also Hades and Persephone. Persephone! And the music is so good. That one was very stunning. I, it's so good. And it's been a concept album, and it ran off-Broadway in, like, 2016. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's been a long time coming, and it totally deserves all of these awards that I got. I think the concept album was 2010. It was, yeah. When I found it, because I found it by accident, I was like, oh, wait, this is an album? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no, there is a musical. Okay. Shannon told me about it, like, ages ago, and I started listening to it, and I was like, this is amazing. And then they were like, oh, it's coming to Broadway. And I was like, what? And then the, the live recordings are amazing. Uh, best play was The Ferryman. So the ferryman is set in North Northern Ireland in 1981 during the height of the Troubles. Quinn, a former terrorist, has swapped his career with the Irish Republican Army for a life on the farm in rural town I can't pronounce. He now lives with his sickly wife, their children, his sister-in-law, and nephew. The IRA murdered Quinn's brother, Seamus, when he was just 20 years old and his body has only recently been discovered. He was one of the 16 men and women who were killed and buried in unknown locations during the 1970s, leaving their family unsure as to whether they were alive or dead. Seamus was apparently shot dead following Quinn's defection from the IRA in 1972, and a threateningly influential IRA member, Muldoon, now comes to pay Quinn a visit. He is keen to ensure that there is no further repercussions to the IRA's cause now that Seamus' murder has come to light. That sounds like it's super intense. It does. And I think it, it won quite a few Tonys as well. I know that Hadestown won eight. Yeah. It, it had 14 nominations and it won eight. Yeah. Which, that's a substantial amount of hardware there. Mm -hmm. uh, best revival of a musical was Oklahoma, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting, too, because it was like, country rock? Yeah, they had, they had modernized it, which was fine. I know Jules didn't like it, but... Yeah. I mean, well, she's also, like, like, working on the show right now. That and... And also, Oklahoma's a terrible show. Well, because I... So, here's the thing. As I, got, I got it based on that performance. It's funny. I've never seen Oklahoma. Or, actually, no. I like, I've seen it once, and I've promptly forgotten it. So, I don't know what it's even about. I honestly forgot. Um, well, guess what? I'm going to tell you. Cool. Set in Western Indian Territory just after the turn of the 20th century, the spirited rivalry between the local farmers and cowboys provides the backdrop for the love story between Curly, a handsome cowboy and Lori, a beautiful farm girl. The road to true love is anything but smooth, so there is no doubt that these two romantics will succeed in making a life together. As the road to romance and the road to statehood converge, Curly and Lori are poised to spend their new life together in a brand new state, Oklahoma. And now you know everything you need to know about it, and you never need to see it. Yeah, I think, and I think the main thing that Jules was getting at as well was that it really... I think she said this too. There was, there's a lot of other ones that could have revived that could have been That's, probably really cool. No one was asking for a revival of Oklahoma. Why? Yeah, I I mean, I wasn't even excited to, I mean, I'm not excited to see it, but I was never driven. I was never like, I need to see Oklahoma. It was like, oh, I think I saw that once. I saw it on PBS when I was a child, and I was like, whoa, oh no, why is this happening? This is really long. Oh, it's still going. Oh, this is dumb. That's always 
You know it's always about time as soon as you think of how long it is. Uh-huh. The second you have to think about how long something is, mm-hmm. it's not good. And it's... I'm sure there are... I mean, there must be people that like Oklahoma, as it won a Tony. And it has won a Tony multiple other times before. I mean, as it's a revival. Do you think it's because of the name? Do you think it's because of the people that wrote it? Rodgers and Hammerstein? Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's possible. It was also their first that they did together. Um, I think that they've done better stuff since then. Mm-hmm. Um... It's just not my cup of tea. If you like Oklahoma, then A plus to you. I do I not. just don't know how they could have revived. I don't know what they were trying to do because they said they modernized it, right? So well, it was a lot more like country pop, country rock, as opposed to the so instead of farmers and the like cowboys, sad country. My truck broke down and I broke my guitar string and yeah, my wife left. And me. the nice. Play. I think the storyline is the same. They just modernized some like the costuming and the music. Gotcha. Um, Why do I still wear my socks? I don't know. Well, you're like halfway in your socks, so. I'm doing now. Now I know. I don't know. I just, Oklahoma's not my thing. I think I would have preferred to have seen Kiss Me Kate win the revival. Yeah, I Um, was hoping for that one. And I try really hard not to judge shows based on their performances at the Tonys because (laughs) that is specifically designed for the Tonys and not necessarily... (laughs) Not necessarily reflective of how good their actual show is. The problem is I haven't seen their actual show, though. So that's, that's all I have to Yeah, that's to the thing. Judge. I haven't seen any of those shows. Um, the Kiss Me Kate performance they did Too Darn Hot was infinitely better than Oklahoma's performance. So I don't think that's the fault of the actors. I think that's just the show. Uh, best revival of a play was The Boys in the Band. So Michael is hosting a birthday celebration for a pal when he gets an unexpected visit from an old friend, Alan. The problem is, Alan is straight. And extremely straight-laced. And everyone else at the party is gay. Michael hopes to conceal his sexuality from Alan, but this charade doesn't last. And being outed, Michael turns on Alan, accuses him of being a closeted gay, and forces him to partake in a revealing party game that has devastating consequences. 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 I like that one better. Um, you and this, here first, folks. Um, Zachary Quinto was in this one, and what's his fuck that plays Sheldon Cooper on Big Bang Theory? Oh my gosh! Yeah. And a couple other big names. I thought I saw his face there, mm-hmm. but I can't. I don't remember his name. The little like clip that they show right before they like when they're doing the awards, it looked very interesting. Um, they were all like very intensely engaged with each other and in, in mm-hmm. acting and things, and I was like, oh, that, that could be fun to watch. Um, I also, I just like Zachary Quinto as an actor. Uh, the best book of a musical was Tootsie. This tells the story of a talented but volatile actor whose reputation for being difficult forces him to adopt a new identity as a woman in order to land a job. And that is based off of the old movie. I want to say the movie is from like the 70s or the 80s. I honestly don't remember. Um, mm. But it's, it's a musical version of the movie. So it, it tells the same story. I like I like the concept of that one. Mm-hmm. It's very Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. And the music is fun. I've listened through the music for that one. Best original score was Hades Town. Uh, go listen to it if you haven't. It's so good. Uh, best direction of a play was uh, Sam Mendes for The Ferryman. Uh, best direction of a musical was Rachel Shavin for Hades Town. Right. Mm-hmm. Best leading actor in a play was Brian Cranston for The Network. Or well, just, Brian sorry, Cranston just was hilarious. Network. 
His, he did, he gave a very funny speech, and he also like participated in some bits. The very beginning throughout. part, he was like, "I'm about to blow." <laughs> like, I know. Was, like, I'm really bloated. <laughs> yeah. I just have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best leading actress in a play, Elaine May for the Waverly Gallery, which I know nothing about, and I didn't bother to look up the premise. Um, yeah, no, that was unfortunate. So I like looked at him like, "Oh, this looks like it could be very like." Thinky. She also gave a. a great speech Her though because she's like it i'm gonna win that she was she was like he said something about my death scene and something and i was like i'm gonna win that man's tony and i was like you go girl do, do, do. uh best leading actress in a musical stephanie j block for the share show listen to the music for that one it is so good i got freaked out when i saw all the shares if you don't like share you probably won't like it because guess what it's all share music uh, if I just, I, the funny thing was, like, as soon as I heard that one, I was like, I know exactly what song they're going to sing. Oh, they sang several. I know, but, the, like, the very first uh-huh. one, I was like, I knew it. The, I, the music is so good, though, and I, I was a little bit worried, um, because two of my favorite share songs are, well, I guess three, because they're all included in the album, um, Half Breed, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves, and much more recently than those is Woman's World. And they were all done so well on the album, and I was so happy. Mm. They're so good. The best featured actor in a play was Bertie, Bertie Carvel for Ink, which I believe had to do with, was it like 1980s politics in Britain? Yeah, very close, yeah. It had to do with n- the news networks around that time, like like a newspaper magazine mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then that uh, they branched off and eventually became, like, like created, like, the sensationalized news known as, like, tabloids. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. It was basically, like, how to survive in that time frame with news. Seeing as how, like, paper news mm-hmm. is kind of dying. Uh, best featured actress in a play was Celia Keenan-Bolger, or Bolger, uh, her, for To Kill a Mockingbird, which I've heard fantastic things about, and Jillian also said that she's heard fantastic things about. Uh, best featured actor in a musical was Andre De Shields for Hades Town. Uh, if you listen to the soundtrack, he plays Hermes. His voice is just so, so lovely. Best featured actress in a musical, Ali Stroker for Oklahoma, which this was really cool. Um, she's the first act, actor, actress, person, period, in a wheelchair to win a Tony. Mm-hmm. So that is really cool. Best scenic design of a musical was for Hades Town. Best costume design of a play was for Ferryman. Best costume design of a musical was the Cher show, which I mean, obviously. If you look at all the things that Cher has worn throughout the years, if they didn't win best costume, it would have been real sad. Yeah. Because they had a lot of real good material. And their costumes, when they came out for their performance, were amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, best lighting design of a play was for Ink. Best lighting design of a musical was Hades Town. Uh, best sound design of a play was Choir Boy, which their performance was also really fucking cool. It was cool. very interesting because of, that was a play. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was not a musical. It was not a musical, but they had singing in it. Mm-hmm. And I liked that concept where it was like all acapella and like, at least what it looked like. No, no, it was, it was like. that, at least that particular performance was all acapella. Yeah, and they had like some like body percussion going mm-hmm. on. And it was just the it was way a lot how like they... uh, stomp. Yeah. And I I meant to look up the storyline for this one, but I forgot because my categories were all fucking weird. 
Um, but if I'm remembering correctly, it has to do with a, like, a young colored queer boy in, like, the Deep South in yes. fucking a million years ago uh-huh. at a private school. So what this, what that one had to deal with was, because I, I like, read several of the synopsises, like, multiple times. Yeah, I was like, I'm trying, trying to, to remember from the synopsises that I've read. Was, and I've... Uh, yeah, so a, a queer colored kid, he goes to school and he's idolized for his voice, but shamed for, for, his, he, for uh-huh. his sexuality. And so it's it's a story of discovery and of tr- the goal that like is trying to reach that acceptance where like you should like how to how can you love the person or how can you love someone's gift without loving mm-hmm. the person because that's pretty much what the whole thing's about is like mm-hmm. he's like you have to turn this thing off in order for us to like we love your voice but we but, hate you but you're gay mm-hmm. so and, and that, I'm sure everyone here look that, up that knows performance at least one, it was so good. I'm sure there's someone like listening to this that has been in a situation like that where either they either they were uh, a victim of that mm-hmm. or like they witnessed something like that. Uh, best sound design of a musical was Hades Town. Best choreography was Ain't Too Proud: Life and Times of the Temptations. Which go watch their performance because holy fuck, those boys can sing. This was the one where you were like, okay, where's where do I dog oh. the square for sexually aroused while singing? Yeah. Uh, God uh, damn. You, you guys, I'm, you have to listen to it. Holy shit. The pipes. And are... there's this one note that they hit, and he just holds it forever so perfectly. And I'm I was just, like, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to die. I told, I told Jillian, too. I'm like, I'm like you're going you're gonna to be right there with me, babe. And and, oh. and I'm like no no just listen and like she started getting distracted and stuff down I'm like, I was like, like no stop it. you're gonna miss it you're gonna miss it's it it's gonna get better like, and then all of a sudden it happened and she's like uh, and we're both like oh uh, <laughs> so great oh my god it was so good and it was it was amazing and I love I love their use of the revolving stage oh that gosh. was so neat yeah that like backwards mm-hmm. walk like kind of like yeah oh best orchestrations was for Hades Town. A special Tony Award for Lifetime Achievement in the theater, Rosemary Harris, Terrence McNally, Harold Wheeler. I don't Wheeler. know anything about them, unfortunately. I don't it's either. the worst part. You know, I, it's funny because I also, like, part of me is, like, I hate those awards in a way because it's like, they're never going to know they fucking got those awards. I mean, I'm, well, like, I, I think these people are alive still. Or at least some of them are. Oh, okay. Um... I was thinking, like, always, like, the ones, like, where, like, they're dead and stuff. Like, we're the In Memoriam. Yeah. That one, I hate, it's always so sad. Yeah. And this, and they, they sing, I can't remember her can name. Can you feel love tonight, right? Yeah, but she was in the color purple. Um, and so they performed. Beautiful dress. They performed last year or the year before? Whenever color purple was up for stuff. And she's incredibly talented. No, and it was. It was an amazing performance. So and it was so sad. <laughs> Uh, Gosh, uh, I'm, sorry, Isabel, I'm, just, I'm still stuck on the Temptations. I... Isabel Stevenson Award was Judith Light. Regional Theater Tony Award was for Theater Works Silicon Valley. And Special Tony Award went That's to right. Marin Maisie, Justin, nope, Jason Michael Webb, Sunny Til- Tilders, and Creature Technology Company. And oh, was that for the uh, King Kong? I believe so. Um, I thought was the only thing that King Kong, the puppet that they, and I almost don't even know if I can call it a puppet, but it's like, it's not a puppet. It's not an animatronic. Like it takes 13 people to operate King Kong. It was that of like, it's the closest to 
what's the word I'm looking for? It was like the closest you can probably get to having an on stage show with practical effects mm-hmm. similar to that of like think like Jurassic Park with like yeah. the actors and stuff because yeah. like there was so many people on it and all the moving pieces and it was fluid like when he was like running and stuff the way it moves is incredible oh my and gosh like, and like I could see the people the, like moving it too and I'm just like the technical aspects for that were so cool which unfortunately I've heard that like the show itself wasn't that great but technically that it was astounding um, it, it it makes you wonder, which, like, what if all these shows, like, all like the specific kinds of awards, like, just got together mm-hmm. and made a show? Like, if there was a way, like, because, like, like, part of me was, like, thinking, like, there'll be too much and it'll just fall to shit. Mm-hmm. Or if they find that sweet spot, it'll be, like, one of the greatest shows ever. Because mm-hmm. you, you imagine those practical effects, like, with, like, King Kong and stuff and all that stuff, with the choreography of, like, what we saw with, like, The Prom and... That was with, another thing. The Prom didn't win any Tonys. But that show is so good. The, yeah, I, I judged it the, based on the thing, and I thought they were really fucking fantastic. I love the music for that show, so when I found out that they were going to be performing, I was so excited, and they killed it. Also, that kiss, I think, that, meant a lot story, to everyone. The story for the prom is the weirdest, most wonderful thing ever. It's about this girl that wants to take her girlfriend to the prom, and so, but the school like freaks out, so they cancel the prom, yeah, but these like, two like Broadway stars... Are like trying, I think they're trying to revitalize their career or whatever, so they like champion this cause, and so they take her to the prom, and it just it's so good, and the music is so fun. Also, yeah, and there are people of all body types in that, uh, it's body amazing. sizes in there. There was that one guy, that one guy who he uh-huh. definitely was a huge dude, he was moving as if like it didn't fucking matter, he was jumping all over the place, and it's amazing, yeah. Um, but also, that one, uh, uh, in the video, the video that we looked at after the fact, uh huh. Two minutes, 18 seconds. Right there, I want that choreo. Okay. I want that. I, I, I found out. I was like, that's right there. Right there. Because you know the one I'm talking about. Where, uh-huh. like, they do, like, where weird, the, like, the guys weird. all come out? Well, no. It's not or... when the guys come out. It's like when they come back together with like the girl up in front like with all the guys and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And you do that really killer, like, like that footwork was just they do nonsense. This, like, with the, the way that the choreograph- choreography is, is it's so tight and intricate, but it also has this awkwardness of it yeah. that you're like, like it's yes, like, that's some prom. Kids dances. That is high school prom. Yeah. So I, need, I have to cool. watch it again now after we're done. So I want to look at it again, um, the the Beetlejuice performance wasn't necessarily like super whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I thought it was fine. I have listened to the soundtrack for that one several times, and I like the music. Um, we have a friend that lives in New York that's that saw it and said that it wasn't. He didn't like it. Was it Alex? Yeah. Okay. But I like the music a lot. I think. So my my biggest gripe, and I know you already know what I'm going to talk about, but my biggest gripe has to go with like what I consider to be the most important part about the show because with if if that character is not done right, I think the whole show can't come together. Mm-hmm. Which was the the person playing Beetlejuice, um, and we, I, we joked about how their song was tailored towards the Tonys, which was really weird. Like that's not unusual. Is it? Is it, it I mean, like for me, like it was like. And that was one thing that they did. I totally understand why they did this because they cleaned it up quite a bit. Because you know that moment where he came up stage and he was like, and yes, I sing like this eight times a week. Yeah. What he actually says is, yeah, I do this bullshit eight times a week. Uh-huh. And then he talks about like snorting coke and like, so they cleaned it up a lot for the Tonys. That's good. And it's it's not unusual for them to change things to be Tony specific. Okay. Um, but like, I know for me, and I saw him with one of my friends on a walk today uh, during work where 
I was thinking about like like trying to like and like I didn't want to be super critical of them like to be just like harshly critical, but I was thinking like but like I didn't want to just be too forgiving. And I was thinking with how that person was singing as Beetlejuice, right? It was a lot of this and his face is just like that the entire time. I think I agree with Christian where he said that he would want to see something from the actual show. Yeah. To be more representative of that. Right. Um, like, like, but I also like, wonder if he, I mean, he's kind of in this weird place of, you know, Beetlejuice being such a cult classic, kind of like what Will Smith was dealing with. Right. Yeah, and it could be that I'm just being too too harsh on them. But for me, I was thinking, like, like if it was any other show, any other show, would I still have the same criticism? And I think for me it was, like, if you took away the, like, hand gestures, things that was happening, mm-hmm. all it was was a face was singing. I wouldn't, for me. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if, like, for the actual show, he was probably making a bunch of really crude gestures. I would That maybe he so. couldn't do. Because maybe, like, that, because, yeah, he could have been doing some crude gestures. He could have been doing some, like, different voices and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it's, um, and it's hard singing like that, too, because... Yeah. The, singing forced voice with vocal fry is mm-hmm. very taxing on your voice. So, I mean, that I had to give perks because I'm like, if he actually does sing that way eight times. We can listen to the the song that was the bulk of what they performed there so you can hear the uh, original Broadway cast version and oh. maybe that'll give you a little bit better idea. Yeah, I just like, yeah. It sucks because if they did have to clean it up, right? Like, because I'm looking for this character and I'm just like, like for me, I'm like, he, i like, I need, I need those like weird grotesques little like and i was thinking about it i wonder i wonder if adam's family had to deal with this too with that also being you know the kind of that cult classic probably um no actually i i could definitely see that and i think i mean they had a really strong casting choice with nathan lane which was something that i thought was really funny because uh i think i think it's if i remember correctly i believe it is also in the broadway cast recording the guy cast as Beetlejuice, one of his lines says something about, like, I've lost roles to Nathan, Nathan Lane, but here's my shot. And I'm just like, ha! Ha ha! And so, which one's Nathan Lane in? Um, he played Gomez. Oh, okay. Um, he was also in The Producers, and do you remember, one of my favorite Nathan Lane movies is Mouse, Mouse Hunt? What? No? Nathan Lane is a fucking treasure. He is. Um, he was a Fantastic Gomez. I do really like Greg as Gomez, though. You doing I, okay there? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but... I mean, how do you not love Greg, though? He When we did Adam's Family, his portrayal of Gomez was incredible. And, like, every night with Happy Sad, I would just want to bawl my eyes out. He's, he's so good. Greg's yeah. probably not listening to this, but you know what? You go, Greg. <laughs> you go, Greg. Nice. You go, Glenn Coco. <sighs> uh, what else? What else did we see? Um, I liked the I liked all the stuff that James Corden did. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, I liked the like the be more chill parody that they did with Josh Groban and Sarah Bareilles in yeah. the bathroom. That was that was funny. That, that, there's some good music in that mm-hmm. one. Be More Chill is a fun show. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm a basic bitch, but Michael in the Bathroom is my favorite song from that show. That's a good song. And I love it so much. I know, like, I want that to be, like, 
an audition piece, possibly, depending on, like, what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on what the show is. Um, There's so there many songs I that, found out that I'm like, I, I can need to do There was a guy songs. that auditioned for Adams when we did it with Michael in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being the gambler ancestor, which is not helpful because you didn't come see that. Yeah. Which is real sad because that was a really good show. Yeah. It was real fucking tight. Uh, uh, Kiss Me Kate performed, which, uh, apparently Corbin Blue was in. Didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize it until you said it. I was like, oh yeah, it is Corbin Blue. Uh, I was super excited to see a lot of really awesome tap dancing in that. Very excited. Um, what else did we see after that? Um, oh, Hades Town. Yeah, and that was one where I was, like, in a really weird place where I'm like, I feel like I could see all the awesomeness of the show, but I feel like I, like, didn't get my aha moment like I did with prom. I because like, think... we like I wasn't looking for like it to be like super flashy, but I was looking for like something that just like really just like you know just got me right like because like it's like in any movie there's always that weird like that build to that super powerful moment. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, like I think you're right. They can't give away all that good gold on uh-huh. the stage, and I I don't think that because I can I I know that feeling that you're talking about when we watched prom. I don't think you could get that with Hades Town from one song because that one it builds so Yeah, it might be like it's like a good book versus a series, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you need all the backstory mm-hmm. to really And get also the... like listening through that, I I think they probably picked the best possible song that they could have for that. Um they did Wait for Me. Uh one of like one of my favorite songs from the show is um on the the live recording it's called Chant. And there's, like, two or three different versions of it. But it's one talking, like, gotta keep your head down. And it's just, like, got this, like, amazing driving beat. And it's so good. Um, But they had these lights that they hung really, really low. So they were about the, like, head height of most of the actors. And they pushed them and pulled them. And they moved in unison. And they swung out and in. And it was really cool. You're looking at me like you don't believe me. <laughs> no, I was just like I'm trying to visualize it. They did they did real cool things with those lights, and I want those lights. Yeah. Um and there's just there's a lot of really incredible voices in Hades Town. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a, a real great big Greek mythology nerd, so just super excited. Yeah, classics, man. I mean, this isn't Greek literature, but I have classic right here, just mm-hmm. hanging out. But I still have been meaning to read one of my. I'm not sure that I'm going to qualify that one as entertainment, even though it's a book. Paradise Lost is a. It's it's a thing. Well, I mean, it's um, long. Freaking uh, Philip Pullman. Yeah. Like um, a lot. You know what is really fucking long? What? The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Gross. Is it like? Uh, also, Le Miserables is also really fucking long. Oh, I've heard that one. Is just. <sighs> yeah, I've I've read both of them. I don't feel like I need to go do that again. Um, I've read a lot of really classic literature because I have this thing where I'm like, they're classics. I must read them. And then you get partway through and you're like, oh boy, this is a slog. But I also have this problem where I don't feel like I cannot finish a book. Oh yeah, here was the one. This was like one of my favorite. Like I still been meaning to go through it. And what's really cool about it is it has 
the Italian and the English oh. side by side. And is that just the Inferno, or is that? Uh, yeah, it's just okay. the Inferno, but it also uh, has uh, little sections in here where it like tells me, it gives me backstory for every single stanza on like lines. And, and that's something that I've thought okay. about a lot with Hades Town. Is I, I think that uh... I'm also very picky about my like actual like scholarly literature mm-hmm. because like I looked specifically for this publisher <laughs> because they make. I mean that paper uh-huh. though. That paper's so soft. That is nice paper. Yeah. I I do think I f- I don't remember if I read this somewhere or if it's just something that I remember thinking about when we went over this book for fucking ages in high school. Um, I do think that Dante was inspired, uh, at least in part, by the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. Okay. Because the main what's his fuck protagonist uh, going down there with Virgil, he's looking for his love. That's why he's traveling through hell. And Orpheus is traveling through Hades to find Eurydice, his fiance, to bring her back. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, aha. But does he bring her back? Listen to the soundtrack. Ooh. And also, I, I love the story of Hades and Persephone in this super weird Greek way. Uh-huh. Because most of like most of the Greek stories are really terrible. Like they're all, oh, I kidnapped this woman and now she loves me. Or, or Zeus, and he just turns into And he just sleeps and, with everything. Yeah, and then he burrows out, weird, like, weird shit happens. Well, it's, oh, I can't remember. I'm gonna turn into a cow. Here, have a minotaur. Fuck, who was it that was, like, locked up? Was it, I don't think it was Arachne, but somebody was locked up, and Zeus wanted to sleep with them, so he turned into a golden shower to get through the bars. I don't like that. Yeah, it's 100% a thing. Yup. What is this? Greek. Uh, Maybe just just try typing Zeus turns into golden shower. Zeus golden rain. Yep. Yes, that is it. Down into her womb, I... (gasps) What? 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 Uh... Argos. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. His, with his wife, Queen... Yep, yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. By my lack of male heirs. I saw something about... Hang on, I just need to find that one spot because it's going to really bother me unless I find it. Uh, boom, there we go. Okay, okay. She's the latest guy. She was buried in this team. And I was just healing. I was desired her and came to her in the form of golden ring which streamed into the roof of the subterranean chamber and down into her womb. Thus Perseus <sighs> is born. He turned into rain and the rain just was like, Hello! Yes. I want Golden to- shower Zeus. Ah. I see. That's just terrifying. I like just to think about like rain. Uh huh. Okay. I mean, the Greek oh, stories right. are very weird, but I I oh, love them in thank you for a the history way. Like, oh, yeah. I remember when I had sex with Semele. That was great. I'm sorry. When were you Zeus? I was Zeus and Semele in the opera. Oh. Okay. I was Jupiter, because reasons. Oh shit! What were we? We were looking at something the other day, and they had, what else had been? totally mixed Greek and Roman names, and it pissed me off so much. Yeah, no, no, it's what, funny because... What are we watching? So, so, because Zeus is Roman, yeah, or Greek, no, sorry, Greek. right? Jupiter. And so, yeah, I know, and that was the thing that bothered me too, was I was like, Semele and Jupiter, like my, the character's name is mm-hmm. Jupiter, not Zeus, I was fucking Jupiter. 
we were watching something where they were like, oh, here's Zeus, and then here's Neptune, and I was like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. I love some way. That Greek mythology. Not Roman. Um, I don't know why they did that. Oh, actually, I think it was... Uh, yeah, he, he did. Uh, Whenever Bryn and I have things that we can't send to each other over, like, work messenger, like if it's a photo or something that's on our phone. Yeah. And we, so we send it through Facebook, and so we'll just send each other a message via, yeah, you know, handle. our our Skype or whatever that just says C Hermes, meaning C Messenger. Oh. Um, yeah, so the reason why I was like, I was pretty sure it was handled, and now I remember because at the end, yeah, this part where it's like, and Bacchus, and Bacchus, and it's exactly like... Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, handles Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That was fun. Some, someday I'll, I'll do bits on various parts of Greek mythology because it is so fascinating. And so fucking weird. Yeah. No, it, it just goes to show that people have had certain fetishes for long periods of time. Long periods of time. We have not written down a single title. <laughs> Whoops. I like just the question mark. <laughs> I'm just gonna... I, I like what you just said, long periods of time. Now I'm gonna be scared about the rain impregnating me. Like, <laughs> percolating through my body. And that's how I get my, yeah. my chest burster. Freaking thanks, Zeus. Yeah, that asshole should really lose his godhood. Freaking prick. There, uh, but that's another thing about the Greek gods that I think is really awesome is how they're all very flawed. Yeah. It's not like, this is God, he's perfect. Like, this is our god, he's an asshole. <laughs> this is our... But also, sometimes he does good things. Sometimes. So, I don't know, that's just an interesting way to look at it, I think. I like to believe that if if Zeus is around, that Zeus is like the one at Disney, not like in the literature. <laughs> With his beard that never moves. <laughs> Laugh yourself to death! Ha! <laughs> I, I do really like the Hercules movie. I'm a damsel, I'm in distress, I can handle this. Oh. Hey look, that's me again. Making love. Although I'm supposed to be a swan. I'm sure that for, you know, the audio listeners, you saying, oh, look, there's me making love is real great. (laughs) But yeah, no, because that's the thing. It's like uh, Zeus or Jupiter, in my case, uh, he goes to Semele in the form of a swan. Yes. If I recall correctly. Yes. Don't know why he has to go in as an animal. It's because if I'm pure light, you'll fucking die. (laughs) I mean, you're going to fucking die anyway. Right, well, because I'm a god. Um, I saw a comic the other day that was this, I think it was it was a Greek king, and he was just, like, sitting in his chair, and someone was coming up, and it was like, oh, we've got this thing here, and, oh, he's like, oh, I've brought you this giant wheel of cheese, and he was like, oh, that's great, what should we do with this giant wheel of cheese? And the guy next to him was like, I could build a large maze around it. He's like, uh, no. So then another guy comes up, and he's like, oh, I've brought you something else. I don't remember what it was. And he was like, oh, how should we keep this safe? And this other guy was like, I could build a large maze around it. He was like, no, stop with the large mazes. And so this other guy comes up and he's like, I don't know what happened, but I have this thing here that's like half cow and half human. And it just shows the king looking at the guy next to him with his, he's got this like a huge smile. 
And then I, so you, you know that that's the Minotaur in the labyrinth. Yeah. Lol. <laughs> Laughs in Greek. Laughs in Silence intensifies. Well, shall we shall we roll for next episode? Let's do it. I grabbed the D6. Let's try that I one. have... I got a, a, a Kickstarter that I backed recently came in. So I have some new dice. These nice. are by Gatekeeper Games. Uh, they make halvesies. Gatekeeper Games. Uh, these were part of their Reality Shards Kickstarter. So these ones have like five layers of different colors. They're all like stripy and pretty. Like different oh, shades of green okay. and silver. I, I believe that it's based off of their like, adamantium halfsies. That's that cocked. cocked. That sure is. That is. You got the zero roll. We haven't written down that one. One. Oh, <laughs> no. Roll it again. Natural one. Two. I always say the wrong one, so I'm going to let you say it. Paranormal. I, guess I feel like the, too, right? didn't I just have local paranormal? <laughs> You had local parent. The one that we just listened to was local paranormal. Christ. The one that we just released was local paranormal. Balls. So, uh, what did I talk you, about? Um, here's the thing. Uh, if you want to re-roll your D six, because I mean, yeah, do you remember what I talked about when I talked about local paranormal? Uh, we talked about because we we brought up the Bates Motel, but I talked about that previously. Uh huh. But so I talked it wasn't about the Bates Motel. You talked about oh fucking kill me. Uh, lighthouses. Yes. I don't know why I said that the way I did. Lighthouses. But okay. Um, no, I I can work with this. Yeah, coast ghost. Freaking, where's our, where's our uh, fucking lighthouses? Well, lighthouse on the Oregon coast. Love them. Seahouses. The Hecta head head lighthouse and the keepers lighthouse. Hecta head. Yep. Those were the two. So. Are you good with that? Because yeah. I will say, like, there's only so many local paranormal things. I mean, we can always try to find stuff, but... Well, because we've got Idaho, any state bordering Idaho. Right. So, but, so it's it's been a while since we've done that. Okay. So I think... If you're good with that role... Yep, I'm good with that. I offered you the chance. Um, But it was because I just listened to it. I was thinking that it was more recent. So I didn't want to repeat it if it was... Sure, yeah. Like, within the last couple episodes, yeah, but... I know. <gasps> if I ever get local paranormal, which now hopefully I haven't ruined myself... Um, if I get local paranormal, I can finally, now the show's over, I might be able to do the one I was originally planning on doing that one time. Because I know it, because there is one that I know for a fact you have not heard about here in the show <laughs> that I'm so excited about. For a fact? Oh, like a hundred percent. Like, there's only a small group of people that I know that probably remember this kind of like haunting that's happened here. So, Yeah! I can't say any more because I'll give it away. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna roll my dice because I can't read. I think that's why I say every time now. History. Dante. <laughs> I mean, mythical history. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, history, history, history. Well, I guess it's history and education. We should say so. That's right. Yeah, it's just because the book just says history. It, it's true. But that would be a lot to fit on the spine of a book and still be able to read it, so... History.edu. Are you sending it an email? Yes. It has um, a student account. We were joking at work about, like, uh, like somehow getting, like, a .gov domain. But, like, whenever I try to tell someone, like, what's wrong and they 
refuse to believe me, and I'm like, it's a fact. I'm like, uh-uh. And I can just send them a link to a .gov site. My favorite thing is when anti-vaxxers are like, oh, yes, check out this website. It's uh, vaccinesarebad.com. Is, is, uh, is this where you're doing your research, huh? Let's, let's see if we can find it. Vaccines are bad. Are dangerous. Yeah, you see? ready? Let's go find it. Yeah, it's like... Oh, oh my god, that looks fucking... <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> this is a fucking terrible oh, looking I website. HIV is a lie. Pretty sure Stop I had to view it as AIDS scam. Oh my god! AIDS what is scam? wrong with people? AIDS scam. If vaccines are really safe and effective, then why haven't there been studies comparing unvaccinated children with vaccines? It's because they're dead! <laughs> <laughs> they're literally dead because you didn't vaccinate them. But that's the thing when people are like, oh, I have this thing. Oh, here's the thing. If you ask for peer reviewed sources and they're like, yes, you can see myexactbeliefs.com. For this thing that supports my exact beliefs. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. It's... We... We have proof that people have lived without vaccines. We're here. <laughs> that is the first sign of proof. If we could not live without vaccines, we would have died the second we existed. You know what I mean? Like, like mm -hmm. as a species. Like, we wouldn't have made it this far. So. Yeah. We can live without vaccines. Is, Some is it, people cannot, though. Is it optimized for the human race? I would say I think upgrades are better. I, I think I would argue God, that again, we upgrade, have, upgrade, upgrade. Uh, I think we've evolved as a species to a point where we can't necessarily survive without vaccines because of the things that we have eradicated via vaccines, such as smallpox. Things like polio. Well, also, uh, super viruses that maybe your body could have fought off, but now they're just like, I'm going to really try. Uh, a lot of that is people that are like, I am sick. Give me this, you know, antibiotic. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's antibiotic resistant, but I mean, like, there's also, like, you know, it's natural selection, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that happen to make it through are going to be stronger, thus it, they're just going to keep getting stronger. So now that we have used vaccines, and since we have to keep using them, or we're, it's just going to be harder for us in the long run. I like not having polio. Yeah. Or it's just gods playing freaking Plague Inc. And I don't want to be a part of that game. <laughs> <laughs> I love that game. Not when I'm the, the person. Don't you dare shut down my airport. <laughs> I will close all your borders. Reminds me of the time that did you did you hear about the lady? I think I told you about this. There was a lady that drove to the uh, Boise airport with a concealed weapon inside of her suitcase. Why? Like, 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 and here's the thing: like she genuinely thought that it was okay, and she like got up there and stuff. She put it in and stuff, and like she put her thing on the belt and stuff, walked through as if it wasn't <laughs> a big deal. And then like the TSA were like, "Wait a second, roll that back." Yeah, that's a. Uh, excuse me, miss, can you come over here? And they're like, did, did you mean to put a gun in your suitcase? And she's like, yeah, I have a concealed carry permit. And they're like, you don't get to take do, that on an airplane, do, do, you dumb do, fuck. Do you realize you're on a federal building where firearms, first off, aren't allowed, and secondly, you cannot travel with a concealed carry? Save special permits like, oh, I don't know, an air marshal. Mm -hmm. And she's like, 
Oh, no. I didn't realize that. So now they have put up a sign. I think they have two signs now as you get up there saying, please do not bring your guns into the airport. If you don't know where you can and cannot take a gun, you should not have one. Yeah. You know, just leave it at home. Like, oh, can I bring Mac to the store? I could bring Mac to the store. He's so cute. Should I bring Mac to the store? No. Because, you know, he'll be a little shit and I'll stay in there forever. He does like to ride in the car, though. Mm, that's true. He likes to sit there and look out the window. I just thought that was a little fun thing to talk about, since we were talking about stupid things. Like people? Yeah. People are stupid things. And god swans. God swans? God Swanson. Oh, Like no. Ron Swanson. Yeah, that's, yep. Yeah, I did it. That was like earlier today when I said something about neem oil, and John thought I said Leonard neem oil. Worst joke ever. All of the eye rolls. <sighs> Thanks for listening. Tune in next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye! Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt. Oh, I never did the mix down. That's why. Would you ever do Full Monty? What's that? It's a musical that requires lots of men and also lots of naked. Here's the thing. Okay, well, let me let me rephrase. Like, tasteful naked? No, I, I was going to say I don't mind that at all. Okay. I'm not, a, I am a man who hates clothes. So the less clothes I have to wear, the well, better. Some people like, that... me being dewy is almost perfect, except for there's still clothes on me. Like, my stomach's exposed, so Wouldn't all that... would be great if you just opened the door naked? Not you again. Oh. Haley would die. Maybe during dress. Maybe during dress. It'll just be my... Oh, you know what? I'm gonna find, like, like a Speedo. Just kidding. Oh my god, where, where, uh... Oh, the, the uniform. On. The what? Fucking, uh, Nikos's pool uniform. Is that, or is Just wear your dance belt, yes. Because <laughs> it would look initially like it was naked. <laughs> oh. Guess what? Decker's a Ken doll. <laughs> Decker's a Ken doll.